All right, Wrestling With Theology fans, it is Thursday, which means we are digging deeper into the Psalms. This week, we're going to look at Psalms 98 through 101. Several short Psalms, but still good things to bring out. Again, a lot of them being repeated over and over again from other Psalms. But this is the last week we'll have multiple Psalms going on for a little while. We've got five, six more weeks coming up where we're doing one psalm at a time because those psalms get pretty long in places. So we'll have these four and then about five, six weeks of one psalm each until we get to some of the shorter psalms around 110. But we've got Psalms 89, or 98 through 101 to encourage us to sing to the Lord a new song. And that is the point of all of these psalms is singing praise to the Lord for all the great things that he has done. Oh, I forgot to introduce myself. I am Pastor Doug Minton, your guide to dig deeper into these psalms this morning. So let's get into Psalm 98. The superscription is rather simple. A psalm. Nothing more to be said about that. O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. So far, Psalm 98. Psalm 98 is one of those that is familiar to us that go through the lectionary series and use the Psalms for the day. Because Psalm 98 and 146 are probably the two most used psalms in the three-year lectionary. Why? Well, this one because we have the great encouragement, O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. The marvelous things he has done begins with him choosing Noah, him choosing Abram, him choosing Jacob, and then on through down into history, bringing about a people where he can bring Jesus into the flesh so that he has a lineage and a story and ancestry behind him that people can understand and relate to and that he can relate to us. And this is all done because of verse 3. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. Whether we're singing it in the time of David, who could have wrote it, or even today, we talk about the steadfast love and faithfulness God shows to his people, that God shows to those who believe in him, those who are singing a new song to the Lord. <clears throat> because everything that we have is given to us. And it's given to us by a loving God 
who does everything for us, who provides everything that we need to support this body and life, as we talk about in the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. And let the sea roar and all that fills it. We'll get to it in a few weeks where we talk about Leviathan and the great sea monster that God creates to play in the sea. The entire purpose is just to be a playful sea monster in the sea. And why not? God has an imagination. God wants his creation to praise him. So why not make something that sole purpose is just to praise him for the great blessings of even the deep sea? All right, Psalm 99. No superscription here, but we go back into history once again. The Lord reigns. Let the peoples tremble. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim. Let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. The king in his might loves justice. You have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt the Lord your God. Worship at his footstool. Holy is he. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also was among those who called upon his name. They called to the Lord, and he answered them. In the pillar of the cloud he spoke to them. They kept his testimonies and the statute that he gave them. O Lord, our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, but an avenger of their wrongdoing. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. So far, Psalm 99. 99 gives us the place where we are to worship, which is his holy mountain, which for the Jews was Mount Zion, where the temple was. For us in the Christian church, knowing that Jesus has ascended to the right hand of God, knowing that the right hand of God also is everywhere, that now we can worship wherever. But it is best to do it in those places that have been set aside for that particular purpose of worship. So we look again. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also among those who called upon his name. They didn't just go anywhere to worship. On the other hand, they went anywhere to worship because they had the tabernacle with them. So the tabernacle, especially for Moses and Aaron, roamed around the wilderness throughout their life, throughout the later part of their lifetime. And so, yes, they could worship anywhere, but it was always in the presence and in the vicinity of the tabernacle. Samuel, on the other hand, had the tabernacle in Shiloh, but then there were also other places that he had a circuit that he went around on a regular basis to offer sacrifices around Israel as he was both a priest and a judge and also a prophet as the first of the former prophets. But they called to God and he answered them. In the pillar of cloud he spoke to them. They kept his testimonies because God is a forgiving God, but he is an avenger of our wrongdoing. He loves to forgive, but he only forgives those who repent. If you go on sinning thinking that, oh, well, God will just take care of it later. I don't have to worry about it. 
you've already messed up because that's not how God operates. God doesn't just give you a a foreknowledge or you know foregoing of forgiveness and then once it runs out then you have to repent again. That's not how it works. He brings you to repentance through his word so that your sins may be forgiven. And he does this out of his steadfast love and mercy and faithfulness to the covenant that he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, delivered through Moses. He does all this so that he might be seen as the forgiving, providing God. But again, we must repent if we want that forgiveness. Because what good is a free gift if we don't want it? All right, Psalm 100. A psalm for giving thanks. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. So far, Psalm 100. Again, the focus on singing and making a joyful noise, which does not necessarily mean it has to be in key, but making a joyful noise, coming into God's presence with thanksgiving and praise. This is one of the things that the early part of the pandemic they tried to get rid of in the churches. And many places, yes. And I preached in some places through the pandemic that did not have congregational singing because the government deemed it as too likely to spread the virus. But what are we called to do when we come into worship? We're called to sing God's praises. Any attempt to get rid of that is trying to get rid of God's commands and God's desired worship. And that is something we as Christians should never do. We should never try to change the things that we do in worship to please us. Because we are not the object of our worship. We are not the audience of our worship. We are the performers. Now, don't take that in a way of me saying that we need praise bands and worship leaders and things like that to you know, perform for the congregation. But it is we, as the people, the pastor and the congregation in the pews, singing our praises to God. We are the ones doing that work. We are the ones called to do it. Because we have Psalms like 98, 100, uh, 95, 96, and we'll have more of them in the Psalms, talking about the focus and the emphasis on singing and praising God as our work as creatures, is that it is our duty to thank and praise, serve, and obey Him. That is what we were created to do. And we pray that God will grant us the hearts to see and do this with joy and true thanksgiving. Because the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations, as verse 5 says in Psalm 100. 
That is the reason we come together for worship, because the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. There is no end to it. His faithfulness lasts through all generations. Everyone has the opportunity to receive his forgiveness and salvation, to come together and worship in praise of him. All right, Psalm 101, moving on. A Psalm of David. I will sing of steadfast love and justice. To you, O Lord, I will make music. I will ponder the way that is blameless. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. Whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. I will look with favor on the faithful in the land that they may dwell with me. He who walks in the way that is blameless shall minister to me. No one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. Morning by morning I will destroy all the wicked in the land, cutting off all the evildoers from the city of the Lord. So far, Psalm 101. We have here a great Psalm of David, reminding us of the great paradox of being simultaneously saint and sinner. Because we know David's backstory. We know that there is stuff that he has done that is very blameful. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But we also know that he has the forgiveness of God. Because Nathan, the prophet, proclaimed it to him at the end of that story with Bathsheba. So he seeks throughout his life to walk in the way that is blameless. To walk with integrity of heart. Because that is one of the things that we have the biggest problem with today is everybody wants to follow your heart. Everybody wants to be faithful to what is inside them. But integrity is a problem when what is inside of us contradicts itself. When what we do and what we think and what we say all give different messages. And that is the biggest problem with culture today is that they want everything to be acceptable and do your own thing, but only if I like it. If I don't like what you're doing, yeah, you can't do that. But you're free to do whatever you want as long as I agree with it. That's not integrity. That's being a bully and trying to keep your position. All right, we go into... uh, Verse 5, whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. This is David, as Nathan is giving him the parable of the rich man who took the poor man's lamb and slaughtered it for his guest that came in. It's all done in secret because what David had done had been done in secret. And so David has to see himself in this place going, okay, I cannot even stand myself at times. Which is why he spent days on the floor, face down, begging God to to save the child that was destined to die on the seventh day because of his sin. Begging God, I'm sure, like most parents, to 
make them, to kill them, to take them instead of the child so that the child can grow up and not maybe follow after the footsteps of the parents and their sins, but may grow up to praise the Lord as the Psalms talk about. And then we talk about the house of the Lord, the house of David, the house of the Christian in verse 7. No one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. This has direct parallels to Revelation 21 as we have the picture of the new Jerusalem. And we have in verse 8 of chapter 21, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake of fire that, bur that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. And in verse 27 of the same chapter, but, any, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. We have this great promise of forgiveness, which is why we come together to worship, is to celebrate that forgiveness, to praise our forgiving and loving God. Because in the end, only those who are part of his family, those who are written in his book, will be allowed entrance into eternal life. And thankfully for you and for me and all who believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, who bore the sins of the world on the cross, and especially bore my sins and your sins, and forgives them all, making us written in the Lamb's book of life. And that is why we sing to the Lord a new song, an old song, every song, so that we may praise and glorify Him. All right, that's it for this week. I thank you for being here to dig deeper into Psalms 98 through 101. As I said, the next few weeks, we are doing one psalm at a time because they get longer for this last stretch of book three. But each of them have some great things to say as we dig deeper into each one of them. But until then, this is Pastor Dugman thanking you for being here, hoping that this has helped equip you to wrestle with the theologies around you. Amen.